So I'm a mom and my, my four month old just sat up for the first time, like semi unassisted. So I was like, oh. Oh. it was like exciting. So that was, that was good. That is exciting. So you're a mom and you are a barrister and we're going to talk a little bit about being a barrister or Americans and attorney. Connectors, you have heard the voice of one of my good friends, Miss Attorney or Barrister, Koyan Olufan. Maybe I should go by Anibaba so my husband doesn't get mad. (laughs) And I'm Alexia Marche Plummer, host a.k.a. The Plug of Am's Connected Podcast. Connectors, you know what to do. Sit back, relax, do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast. And let's get connected. We are connected. Okay, Koyan, I am so, so, so excited again. We haven't seen each other since law school. We're not going to do the numbers, but <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, yeah, it's really good to see you. So let's start off. Um, where are you from? Um, okay, so let's see. Super excited to be here. Um, I am from Nigeria, I grew up in Lagos. Um, it's a state in Nigeria. It's also a city. It's a city as well. Um, it's the biggest, um, has the largest population in Nigeria. And it was fantastic growing up there. I lived there until I was about 16 or 17. Okay. And then I came to the States. Yeah. Okay. I actually visited Lagos, oh, so many years ago. <laughs> I did not see you then. Yeah. But... It is a beautiful city. And actually, mm-hmm. you just said it's a city and a state. Now, mm-hmm. call me ignorant. Like, I know some Americans even think, oh, she lives in Africa. So, like, <laughs> the whole breakdown of, um, I guess, regions is kind of above our heads. So, mm-hmm. like, when you say Lagos is both a city and a state. So, it's kind of like, like, you know how, like, New York State is a state and then there's New York City within. So it's, yeah, so it's both, but most people just generally just call it Lagos and don't really think about the the demarcations, but it's, yeah. So it's like Nigeria has 36 states and one uh, federal capital, kind of like DC. And then, so Lagos is one of the 36 states, but you could say Lagos is the New York state and New York City of Nigeria. So it's like the social capital. That's where all the, and the economic capital. So that's Mm -hmm. where all the fun stuff happens. That's where all the big business deals go down. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And it's like, like almost 20 million people. So it's massive. Like it's really big. And Nigeria is like almost 200 million. So it's like about 10% of Nigeria's populations in this state and it's not that big so it's, wow it's, it's really cool wow um mm. yeah there are a lot of nigerians period um because everywhere i have gone in the world you will see a niger woman niger man that's right that's <laughs> right it's because we're the most populous black nation in the world so literally hey. i think it's one in four um africans are nigerian and one in maybe seven Black people are Nigerian. Like we are, we are everywhere, and we wow. love to travel. We love to live in other countries. So you, everybody, 
news in Nigeria, and I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. Wow. So what was life like growing up? Like, I, again, I have been to Nigeria, but most people who have not been to Africa, I'm using that in general, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, just think, oh, it's lions and giraffes and, you know, all these wild animals walking around. And it's totally not like that, unless you go to like the safaris and whatever. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, Yeah, like you said, like growing up in Nigeria, like it's not that different from, I guess, life in the States. And I know a lot of people are surprised by that. I mean, I grew up in the suburbs of a city um, and it was just pretty normal. I mean, there's a lot of hustle and bustle because like Lagos is very busy and like bubbly. But we have buildings, we have skyscrapers, we have roads, cars, electricity. I mean, I know when I first moved to the U.S., I would get a lot of questions like, what's Africa like? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's just like here, except we don't really have like winter, you know? Yeah. So it's just um, a different environment. But growing up in Nigeria, I loved it. Um, we had seven dogs growing up. <laughs> I, lived at, <laughs> I lived with my mom and my older brother. And like, it was a madhouse, like the dogs running around. And it was just, it was a wonderful experience. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I met some of my closest friends in Nigeria living there. It's tropical. So it's warm all year round. Mm-hmm. There's a diverse culture and the food is amazing, spicy, like the people, <sighs> the music. Um, we have our own, almost like our own ecosystem where it's like, our own culture, our own ways of doing things. Like mm-hmm. the parties are phenomenal. Um, the we're weddings. Communal. The weddings, yes. Because Nigeria is very communal. So we love to like socialize and like go out and like do things really big, mm-hmm. almost like Texas. Mm-hmm. So like the weddings are massive. They're like these festivals of light and color and food and music. And everybody's just having a really good time. Like you could go to a wedding where there are about 1200 people oh wow invited. and you're just like whoa wow. <laughs> and it's completely expected for like complete strangers to walk into the wedding and join the festivities and eat and like mm-hmm. just dress up and just have fun with the bride and groom so it's 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 amazing it's, it was really cool growing up there <laughs> i wish that i could have known you like when you were still well you're back in nigeria now so i'm definitely coming yeah. to visit you Koyim. You have but, to. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> I, I'm, no, I am so serious. Let COVID die down. No pun intended. I am coming to see you. Um, you were talking about the food. Okay, question. I know it's probably going to be a biased answer, but <laughs> Niger or Ghanaian jollof rice? Girl, you know. You know it's Nigerian rice. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I've had... Ghanaian jollof rice and it's not it's not terrible mm-hmm. it's just not Nigerian jollof uh-huh. rice so there's no comparison like it's that smoky spicy delicious flavor mm-hmm. you just smell it and you inhale and it just oh it's a party in your mouth like <sighs> without question Nigerian know, right? jollof rice <laughs> <laughs> um so you moved from Nigeria to the states when you were 16 Yes. So I was about 16 and a half. I did. I went to primary school or elementary school in Nigeria. And I went to secondary school, which is middle school and high school in Nigeria as well. And uh, because I went to British schools back home, the system is different. So 
secondary school was actually five years. So by the time I graduated, I was about 16. Mm. I was 15 going on 16. So the expectation is if you do the British system, you go to the UK, like, um, you know, uh, London or something, and you do two more years of um, A levels, Mm -hmm. which would be the equivalent of 11th and 12th grade. But because I came to the US, I just went straight to secondary uh, to college, basically. Okay. So yeah, it's it's not that common. So I was young when I started college. I was about seventeen, but it's not because I'm like super smart. It's just the way the school, oh, school system is. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like a different system. But so yeah, so after secondary school, I took a gap year, which is like a year to just like kind of figure out what you want to study, and like mm-hmm. some people use it to travel. I did um, like a computer-based programming thing for a year. And then I started college in Virginia. Okay. Um, so. How is so, yeah. that moving from Nigeria at such a young age to the States and starting college? Yeah. Do you know what? It was a very different experience. It was the first time I had been away from home. Um, fortunately, my older brother also lived in Virginia and he was in the same university that I was in. But it was definitely a change because it's like you, I went from a completely different environment. Like, for example, Nigeria was warm all year round. We, we just have like two seasons, dry and rainy. Uh-huh. Right. And then I went to Virginia, um, Norfolk, Virginia, which is really close to Virginia Beach. And it was cold. It was just a different place. Um, I was away from home. I was le- making new friends and just figuring out the whole university experience. So it was it was tough. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. But it definitely had its moments where I was like really homesick. But once I kind of got used to the American way of life and I made friends, mm-hmm. it was easy to settle in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, <clears throat> um, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but NSARS is a movement that's happening now. I'm really not sure how long in Nigeria people have been protesting, but Moving from a homogenous country like Nigeria to America, how was that experience? You know, it was, it's an interesting question, but yeah, it was, it was different Mm -hmm. because in Nigeria, everyone is black. I think we're like 99.999% black. Like the only people who like, the foreigners who live in Nigeria who are not Nigerian or who are Nigerian by, you know, immigration or by marriage. But for the most part, everybody looks like me, right? Mm -hmm. And then coming to Virginia, where there, you know, it's a mix of people, you had white people, Asian, Black, um, Black Americans. And it's just, it was eye-opening, I would say. I mean, like, I my first racist experience was in Virginia, unfortunately. But I think that's just par for the course when you're a black person or a black woman in America. But it was definitely very different because I couldn't understand what was happening the first time it happened. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, why is this person being weird? And then it dawned on me that, oh, it's because the person is racist and Mm -hmm. he's reacting to my blackness. So that was that was eye-opening and it was disappointing, but it was definitely um, something I had never experienced before. Mm-hmm. I wasn't used to that. Mm-hmm. That is like, if not the best word to use, it's weird. 
Like, it's just weird. Like, you would discriminate discriminate against someone because yeah. of their color. Like, like you know nothing woman. about me. Yeah, had a conversation. We've never mm-hmm. spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't had a chance to enjoy the awesomeness that is me, and yeah. yet you're just reacting to my skin color. It's, yeah, yeah. Well. That's going to bring us to this segment called What in the World? And in this segment, I want you to talk a little bit about you and your artistry. Here in America, we call them attorneys or lawyers, but in Nigeria, y'all go by barristers. So what type of barristering, I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) um, do you practice? Okay, so um, like I went to law school in the States and then I moved back to Nigeria and went to law school again, which for some people going to law school twice is crazy. And mm-hmm. yes, there were moments where I was like, why am I doing this? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't any less hard, right? Um, but yeah, being a virus in Nigeria is awesome. It's a very different experience. It's based on the British system. Um, so we use common law as well, which is similar to America, but that's where the similarity ends. Because um, America uses its own law and we still kind of base ours off of the British system. Um, but being a barrister is basically like being a, it's most similar to being a lawyer in America in that we're barristers and solicitors. So we, go, we can go to court and we can also like do the transactional non-court type, like non-litigation mm-hmm. um, work of an attorney and advocate. Um, in the UK, it's different where if you're a barrister, you tend to go to court. And then if you're a solicitor, you don't go to court, but you do the um, you do legal documentation and, you know, agreements and things of that nature. So Nigeria is more like the U.S. system mm-hmm. in that way. But um, the kind of law that I do is corporate commercial law. So I don't litigate at all because mm-hmm. litigation in Nigeria is very, very different and complicated. Um, so I'll leave that for my betters. Um, but I do a lot of corporate commercial um, law. So basically, I work with companies. Um, I work with people trying to start businesses, SMEs, small, medium enterprises. Um, I advise them. I, help, I do property law as well. Um, being a lawyer in Lagos is very, very broad. You do all kinds of law. Mm-hmm. So it's not really limited to one thing or the other which I find really exciting so some some days I'm doing probate law like you know working with estates then I'm doing corporate then I'm doing commercial but it's all very it's all transactional Mm -hmm. so all the law that I do is pretty much transactional and agreements so okay how did you get into corporate law okay so that's uh well it's a long story but basically um when you go to law school in Nigeria, it's about a year and a half. And um, after you finish your last, your last six months of law school, basically, you have an attachment where you, you work with the, like an externship with a okay. court mm-hmm. for like a couple of months. And you kind of like go to a judge, you're attached to a judge and you're in their chain, you go to the chambers, you go to the courtroom, you kind of see firsthand litigation and how that goes down. And then you're also attached to a law firm. So you kind of see it from a law firm's perspective and you kind of see how they um, interact and how they run the firm. And so you can get an idea of what you want to do, which is why I was very easily able to be like, "Uh, court's not for me, right? Um, 
so I did I did that externship for a while and I was like wow this is really interesting so when I did my youth core which is Nigeria has this thing called uh, NYSC which is a national youth core service mm-hmm. um, and basically it's a service year where for one year you kind of give back to Nigeria you use your skill set whatever your educational background is you get it after you finish your bachelor's um, degree and whatever your skill set is you use that to give back to Nigeria so because I'm a lawyer I was attached to a law firm for a year so for a year I was um, working with the law firm but then we have community service days where you um, do other things as well so you could go to a school and talk to some kids about being a lawyer mm-hmm. or you're like helping with um legal aid clinic so it kind of varies with that so that one year the law firm I was attached to primarily did corporate commercial law mm-hmm. so I was able to kind of get first-hand knowledge on all sorts of like all aspects of corporate commercial law and I was like okay this is definitely for me yeah. I can see myself doing this yeah that's cool. So is that, did you say that's mandated by the Nigerian government? Yeah. So if you want to work for a company or a biz or any entity in Nigeria, you have to do your youth service here. If you're Nigerian, mm-hmm. um, it's like a requirement. Um, I think the only way you can get out of it is if you start your own business. So mm-hmm. you're not really working for anyone, but that is definitely a requirement and even more so for, barristers because you're a lawyer so they expect you to kind of give back that way so that's really interesting and it's something that like I believe in it's something that I always ask my guest here like how do you use your artistry to give back to your community because I think it's just like our moral duty like if we have a skill set that we should want to give back to better our community Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting, like a mandated pro bono work by the yeah. Yeah, almost like a Peace Corps, but within the country. Mm-hmm. So. I guess it kind of reminds me of um, South Korea um, after high school, I believe, or maybe after college, you have to serve one year in their army. yes so it's it's kind of similar I mean like it's it's interesting because you have to go to like a boot camp for six weeks and it's almost like paramilitary but it's not Mm -hmm. because we have like military people telling us to do jumping jacks and stuff like that and we wear fatigues but it's not um it's just the training and whipping into shape part that they do for the six weeks just to kind of develop a camaraderie and like you know with the people you're you're um doing your service year with but after that it becomes almost purely um just civilian type Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so who gave you inspiration to become a barrister as a kid I was just really like outspoken I always had like very strong opinions and was not shy to share it with people (laughs) and I remember people would always be like oh you talk like you're a lawyer, you should be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And my dad um, is a lawyer as well. And I had some uncles and aunts that were lawyers as well. So it just kind of, I don't know, I just kind of fell into it. I tried to get away from it when I was in college. Actually, interesting story. I was actually a biochemistry major. And I did that for a year. And I was so bored. I was like, oh, my God, 
I can't sit in the lab all day. I just, I need to talk to people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I ended up doing um, international relations, which is like basically policy plus languages plus like international um, law. Mm-hmm. And so doing that, I was just like, okay, I think, I think law might be the path for me and mm-hmm. no regrets. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you practice in the States if you were to move back or... I mean, I definitely would be open to it. I mean, I love, like the U.S. has always felt like a second home for me. Mm-hmm. So definitely I would if I could convince my husband to move out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's definitely something that I'm open, open to practicing in the States. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's going to bring us to another segment where I will give you a pretend ticket and you can go anywhere in the whole wide Mm -hmm. world um some people have gone to outer space so literally anywhere you want to go where are you going to go who are you going to bring with you or who are you going to see and why would you go to that place now i'm going to give you a few minutes to think about that and i'm going to tell you where i would go okay all right. So a couple of weeks ago, I actually said I would go to Nigeria. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say again, just because I'm seeing your face and I still believe in standing in solidarity with the protesters protesting against in SARS. So mm-hmm. I would, if I could, I would go to Nigeria um, right now, specifically Lagos. Um, and I would, or actually Victoria Island, was it Lucky Bridge? Yes. Lucky that's right. Lucky Bridge. Bridge. I would go there and I would stand in solidarity with my Niger brothers and sisters. Hmm. Okay. That's a good one. Thank you. I think, I think for me, um, where would I go? Well, I went to Hawaii for my honeymoon and mm. I fell in love with Hawaii. So to be honest, I would go back there, which might not be that much fun since I've been there, but I think it would be amazing. Like I would, I would move to Hawaii and live there if I could. It was such a phenomenal experience. Um, It was beautiful. It was like being in paradise on earth. Mm -hmm. So I think definitely if I could pick anywhere, if I had the magic ticket and I could Uh go anywhere right now, I would be like, click in Hawaii and I'll definitely take my boo with me. So. Um, be on the lookout. Um, I was supposed to take a trip to back to Dubai this November, mm-hmm. but of course COVID happened. Yeah. So that's, that trip got scrapped, but next year there's some talk about a retreat in Hawaii. Um, nothing set in stone yet. So this is actually the first time I'm talking about this, um, to people. Right. Um, but yeah, be on the lookout for that. Okay. Well, let me know. I'm I'm like, (laughs) let's do it. Let's let's make it happen. (laughs) All right, Coin. I have a couple questions for you. Okay. Um, okay. Hello. I am highly interested in visiting Nigeria, but because I have not ever been outside of the country, I'm a little afraid. Can you give me one tip on how to have the best time in Nigeria when I visit? I think the best tip would be 
make a Nigerian friend. Mm-hmm. So it, you don't even have to, um, um, either you know, I'm sure a lot of people have Nigerian friends in the States, but if you have one, have them connect you to somebody they know in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to have a really good time. And even if you don't pers- they don't personally know someone in Nigeria, there are curated travel tours mm. in Nigeria right, for people who are coming in and just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. So I think either route, either you know someone personally or you go through a travel tour, that's the best way to have fun. I mean, Nigeria is not one of those countries where you can kind of just go cold turkey and, Mm -hmm. you know, just try and figure it out. You still have a good time, yes, but the beauty of Nigeria is like the local scene. So, like, there's some places that only locals know about and it's, like, Mm -hmm. fun, like the beaches, like the private beaches, which you can't really go to if you don't know someone who knows about them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I think definitely, and then just be open-minded try out different things go to um the art market buy like clothes and you know like our african art and definitely go to the beach um try the food it might be spicy it may look weird but i promise it's delicious and just you know just have a good time but also be security conscious so which is why i say it's better to know someone because like, like, like any other big city, like you wouldn't go to New York and just, you know, leave your purse unzipped or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the same risk in big cities is also in Lagos as well. So you want to be security conscious so your stuff is safe and you're safe as well. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. Good. Um, you were talking about food. So here's another question. Um, I am a huge foodie, but... I have never been to Nigeria. Hey, y'all need to start traveling around here because yep. y'all are missing out. I have never been to Nigeria. I really want to go. What are the top three foods I should definitely try? Boom. I got you. Okay. The first one is jollof rice. Oh, uh, yes. Without a doubt. You need to have that with, um, and then the second is plantains, mm. which is, um, we call it dodo, fried plantains. It's to die for. Actually, I'm going to give you four. Okay. Give you an extra one. Uh-huh. Then suya, which is like a roasted grilled kebab meat. And it is oh, so delicious. It's covered with um, pepper and like the pe- it's like a pepper um, peanut mix. Mm-hmm. And it is the most divine thing you would ever taste. And then number four is a native Yoruba dish. Um, it's called Amala Nerejo. Mm-hmm. And, um, and basically it's magic it's so delicious it looks like a dark mashed potato like and then it has like a soup like a red soup and then the ebedu is like a green like a green soup and then it's just it's so good Mm. it looks different it's unusual but i promise you those four things you cannot go wrong it's to die for yeah it's so good my mouth i'm gonna add another one Okra stew with goat meat. Oh, yes. That's that's a good number five. There you go. <laughs> that's a good one. Goat meat anything is delicious. And I yes. love all four. Yeah, yes. that's good. Oh, gosh. Oh, my. I think I'm like... Uh, I was going to say Ghanaian. I think I am Nigerian, like a Yoruba woman somewhere <laughs> deep in my ancestry. I have to be because I... Yeah, my mouth is watering. I need it like right now. Right, right. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> um, 
this question actually is going to come from me, Koyan. Um, we talked a little bit about NSARS and um, connectors. If you are not familiar with NSARS, it is a um, protest that is going on in Nigeria. And SARS is the special anti-robbery squad. And it's my understanding, Coin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that this squad was put together to combat robberies in mm -hmm. Nigeria. And it's doing exactly the opposite. Um, it's actually helping the police rob the people of Nigeria. Mm -hmm. So when I hear things like this, it reminds me of what we are marching for here in the U.S., you know, to end police br brutality. So like, as, I mean, I've visited Nigeria, um, someone who has never visited Nigeria, um, how can you, I guess, give them comfort that even though these things are happening, um, is Nigeria still a safe place to visit? Um, so, I mean, I would say Nigeria is still a, a place that people should visit. I mean, like, yes, there are security concerns, which are general, like I said, to big cities and things of that nature. Um, but with the SARS movement, just like with the um, Black Lives Matter movement in America and like the trying to end police brutality in America, you can come to America and not necessarily experience those things, mm -hmm. but you might hear about them. Um, it's similar to Nigeria as well. So I'm not going to say yes, that is not a, in the realm of possibility, but I don't think that should have an impact on people wanting to come and visit Nigeria. With that being said, yes, it's definitely a movement that pe people in Nigeria were, are very passionate about. Um, and SARS is something where a lot of people have personal experience with it, kind of similar to how a lot of African-Americans have personal experience with, you know, being racially profiled by the police. Um, it was like they created it to, to combat an, um, armed robbery, but basically because they, they were given so much leeway, they had so much power that they were able to just kind of do whatever they want with, with impunity. Like they didn't have to answer to anyone because they were giving so much power. And I think that's where the issue came. So the, the young people in Nigeria and people in general, when they started this social media movement, which eventually came to the streets, it was to bring attention to it and try and convince and, and make the government do something about it, like have a permanent and lasting solution. So that's basically the goal um, of it. But I think more so with the SARS, with the NSARS movement, it, it, the issue we had with SARS, which is the Special Anti-Robbery Squad, it basically reflects the issues that Nigeria has in general. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily, it's a symptom of the problem, but it's not the problem. So to speak in my personal opinion, um, a lot of these policemen are not well paid um, so for them, seeing a lot of young people in, you know, flashy cars and they get paid peanuts, basically, it's kind of part of the issues, which is why the NSARS movement to an extent has evolved to end bad governance. And basically, they want the government to take better care of the people, including the police. So pay them 
a livable wage, you know, make sure that, you know, they have decent hours, they have protections and things of that nature. So that's what it's evolved into. But basically, because there's so much social economic, such a large social economic divide in Nigeria, mm-hmm. and like the government is not necessarily as, like in America, you could have a welfare system where your government is accountable to its people. But in Nigeria, not so much. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to move the country to a place where we can rely on the government to give us what we need. So good roads, you know, for, um, a good electrical system, um, mm-hmm. basically just being able to move around safely and know the police will protect you. Um, so that's basically what the push is for. And I think eventually Nigeria will get there. Yeah. Yeah, um, hopefully. I think like having people like yourself um, in positions as a barrister will help just like myself. I am fighting as much as I can here. I know that it's not gonna be an easy road. It's not gonna be quick, but I do have hope, especially we just got this election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Like. You know, I'm so it, excited about Kamala Harris, yes, by the way. First right. Black woman. Yes. And it just shows the strides that, you know, America is making. Because there's so many female leaders all over the world. Yes. And it's like, finally, in the U.S., we have that. Yes. So, that's yes. exciting. Yes. And I think, again, like, with us women, I, I just said it a couple days ago, that us Black women, we are winning. Like this season of winning for us is so profound. And I do have hope that this period will shift us forward like by billions of years, um, help, you know, like us just get along. Like, yeah, please. I'm tired of fighting, I right? I know that's right. I mean, like, <laughs> And that's the goal, you know, a peaceful existence, a mm-hmm. peaceful coexistence with others. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Well, Koyen, just a couple more questions for you, then we can get out of here. You got a baby <laughs> to take care of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, for someone, I guess I'm going to make this a twofold question for a Nigerian um, citizen, because I'm sh- you did not become an American citizen, correct? No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'm a American permanent resident, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for a Nigerian coming to America to study, what advice do you have? As well as what advice do you have for someone going into <laughs> Nigeria wanting to be an attorney barrister? Okay. So I'll start with someone wanting to come to Nigeria to be an attorney barrister. So basically, if you didn't do your first degree or your bachelor's degree in Nigeria, you would have to already have a law degree to go to law school in Nigeria. So, you know, of course, as you know, Lexi, um, in America, you have to do your first degree bachelor's. You could do your bachelor's in anything you want. And then you go to law school for three years. And then you're, then you take the bar, then you're a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Nigeria, you have to already have a legal degree in um, outside, from outside the country. If you didn't go to law school, if you didn't get your legal bachelor, your bachelor's in law in Nigeria. So mm-hmm. in Nigeria, basically, if you wanted to go to law school, just the standard traditional route mm-hmm. after, after high school, 
you would go to university and you would study law for about five years. It's like a five-year degree program. And then after that, you would go to law school Mm -hmm. for a year and then you become a barrister, right? So it's like almost like six years altogether. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're coming from outside of Nigeria, which is what I did, because I already had a Juris Doctor degree from the U.S., I was able to get into the Nigerian law school. And then I did that for a year and a half and I was able to become a barrister. Now, if you don't have any legal background, you would have to either go to law school in Nigeria, uh, get a law degree in Nigeria or anywhere else, like a Juris Doctor in America or go to law school in the UK or some other Commonwealth country. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has to be law, a common law background. So for example, you couldn't do law in France mm-hmm. and come to Nigeria because it's not, it's not common law, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I would advise with that is just be very patient. It's a very different system of schooling. I remember Nigerian law school, it's very, very strict. Mm-hmm. So you have to wear black and white, like a white shirt and black every single day oh, wow. right or you could wear all black or like a dark navy blue and um the expectation is just it's very different it's almost like you're in court all through class like in the u.s it was more flexible you know you could go to <laughs> you could go to class in sweats yeah if you wanted to right? like you know it wasn't a big deal you could sit wherever you wanted mm-hmm. but in in nigeria it's very different it's more rigid it's more regimented but it's a different experience and I think it's, it's a positive one, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so, and then for Nigerians wanting to go to school in the US, I would say just try and be focused. America has a lot of fun stuff to do where you definitely wanna remember you're here for school to mm-hmm. study and make that your priority and make everything else follow from that. But I think as long as you, if anyone trying to come to school in the States does that, it's great. I think you should definitely make friends, make American friends. Don't just hang out with Nigerians or people from where you're from. Get out there, mix and mingle. And that's what broadens your horizon, broadens your mind, helps you understand the way other people and other cultures do things. Mm, that's so good it makes me want to go to nigeria <laughs> do it you should come, come oh do don't it. do not tempt me it's come I on mean, i come on. <laughs> <laughs> well koyan how can connectors connect with you how can they email you is if they want to start a business and need some a business attorney or barrister to help them how can they connect with you? Um, okay, so my email address is koolufon at gmail.com. That's K-O-L-U-F-O-N at gmail.com. So you can always email me directly on there. Um, I'm also on Twitter, koolufon, um, at koolufon on Twitter as well. And I'm on LinkedIn as well, Lufon. So just feel free to just send me a message, say hi. Um, I do a lot of remote work, so... Feel, you feel comfortable to just contact me. We, you don't actually have, have to be physically, especially with COVID and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't have to meet physically to do stuff. I do Zoom meetings as well. So yeah, just you know, reach out. If you have questions, concerns, if you want to start a business in Nigeria, if you're in Nigeria and you want to start a business outside Nigeria, general business advice. 
I do it all. So feel free to reach out. Oh, Koyan, you're so awesome. No, you're so awesome. Excited. <laughs> and connectors, you know how to connect with me. You can email me info amsconnected at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at amsconnected, or you can go to my website. Don't forget to subscribe www.amsconnected.com. Until then, connectors, you know what to do. Stay connected.